From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Friday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. And good morning and welcome to GRN Alive Friday edition here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, Happy Easter to you as well. It's still Easter, right? When's, seriously, when's the last time you said Happy Easter to somebody? Sissel, has it been in the last uh, two days? Happy it's, Easter, Dave. <laughs> you know, Joe's always talking about praise be Jesus Christ. He says, roll down the window and say it just to kind of freak people out. Uh, just, you know, not, not that, you know, as if people need more reasons to be freaked out these days. But uh, uh, Happy Easter to you. Welcome to GRN Live. I'm feeling good today for some reason. It's uh, it's a great day. Uh, my name is Dave Palmer, host of this program on Fridays. Joe McLean and the team in Houston uh, do a wonderful job on Mondays at the same time. Uh, joined in studio here, Dr. Chris Malloy from the University of Dallas. Good morning, Dr. Malloy. How are you doing? Good. Very well, I should say. <laughs> a man of few words, right? How are you doing? Good to see you. So, so Anderson is here with us as well. And uh, Diane Xavier is running our social media this uh, morning. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, just go to GRN Online. That's the handle. And uh, we're going to have an after show afterwards. I already secured our last guest to hang out with us a little bit longer talking about the saints. And so that's going to be a lot of fun as well. And we are praying that everything goes well technologically this morning, Cecil. You know why? Because uh, our engineer, Kent Loney, yes. who is just an outstanding engineer, his oldest daughter is getting married today. So uh, we don't want to bug him at all. Okay, so we're just praying that all goes well technologically. So pray for the Loney family and their daughter. I know it's got to be kind of... You don't have any married kids, do you, Dr. Malone? No. Okay, not yet. My but, oldest uh, is 16. Oh, okay. <laughs> Probably a good thing you <laughs> don't have any married ch- children or... um. All right, so pray for the Loney family, and of course, we're two days away from Mother's Day, and so this is going to be kind of a, uh, you know, an odd Mother's Day, you know, one that we'll look back and say, remember that Mother's Day where there was still like social distancing going on, and uh, I know uh, Cecil and Diane have both lost their mothers, uh, they they passed away in the last uh, few years for both of them, but uh, I don't know, got any plans, Dr. Moy, for Mother's Day? And well, this... my, my mother's up in Chicago, okay, uh, but we're gonna down here, we're gonna celebrate, uh, but. I can't say what because my wife is probably listening. Uh, okay, <laughs> you got your wife, and you got your your mom as well, and uh, yeah, Chicago boy, they are. We'll make a phone call. They are locking course. things down there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're serious. That mayor, have you heard about her? She's she's serious. About well, the she's uh, so when it, the funny thing about Chicago is you say you're from Chicago, but yeah. you're actually from the burbs. Yeah. Unlike New York, <laughs> right? You right. have to be in the. City to be from New York. City. Yeah, that's like saying we're in Dallas. We're we're bro- right. not, we're not broadcasting from Dallas. We're in Irving, no. but nobody, most people haven't heard of Irving unless they're yeah. big fans of the University of Dallas. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Which of course everybody is. All right, Cecil, your mom passed away a little over a year ago. Yes. Uh, how does how are you gonna commemorate Mother's Day? So you know, honestly, Mother's Day we didn't ever do a huge celebration for my mom because she did, she thought it was too commercial. She was not yeah. super into um, Mother's Day, and I honestly wouldn't have noticed that Mother's Day was coming up except for all the emails I get about. About buy your mother this right, in the right. last few weeks. Um, so honest, I probably will just say a special rosary to offer up to my mom. There's a couple other women in my life that are like mother figures. I might try to come up with some way to honor yeah. them. Um, that's probably my yeah. plan. Well, my mom is a faithful listener to this program, so I know she's listening. So God bless you. And, uh, excited to celebrate that with her. And of course, like Dr. Malloy said, we got our wives as well, and they're, they're moms. And uh, we've both got daughters, and uh, God willing, if that's their vocation, they may be mothers as well. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. God bless you. Thank you for your sacrifices, uh, even more so these days, because you probably uh, are, are turning into uh, homeschool. Homeschool teachers. Uh, yeah, I had I interviewed somebody and said, you're not homeschooling, you're schooling at home. You know, there, oh, there is yeah. a difference. There is. You know, you're, <laughs> you're not homeschooling, you're schooling at home. Uh, and Cecil has a story about homeschooling here in just a minute as well. Also, we're five days away from the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, and that's how, I don't know if people remember, that's how Dr. Malloy first became a part of this program, because in 2019, you were coming in once a month during the... the Three years ago. Yeah. It was, tw- yeah. It was 2017. 2017. Yeah, I mean, 19. That, yeah, uh, yeah. What do you call it? 2017? No, yeah, 20, yeah. yeah, it was 2017, the 100th anniversary. So... 
Uh, our first guest is going to be talking about marriage and the family and this uh, pretty cool uh, virtual opportunity for married couples to have date nights. And, you know, I was thinking like, oh, it's kind of a light, fluffy topic, but really it's not because Our Lady of Fatima really warned against attacks on the family, didn't she? It's important. Marriages have got to be intact. Marriages have to be holy. So I think it's a good topic. Yeah, Lucia said that. Um, so that was, that was not uh, at the Fatima messages okay. themselves. But Our Lady told Lucia later. Okay. And then some cardinal, pop, um, you know, sort of made that uh, publicly known. Yeah. The la- the final battle will be against the family. Yeah. So uh, I always, uh, I I have a great devotion to Our Lady of Fatima because uh, you know one of my child ch- children was born on September 13th. I got a son on May 13th. There's, nice. there's a long long story about why I've got a great devotion, but uh, it just kind of summarizing why would you encourage people to look into the messages? It's the and apparition what, of the moment. Yeah. Yeah, really, I mean, for a hundred years. Well, we're just we're we're in tough times. Yeah, and it's a it's a serious message. Yeah, it's not a prophet of doom. Right. It's it's a prophecy of reality. Yeah. Sobriety. And uh, she kind of wanted us to pray the rosary, didn't she? Did she? Yeah. Kind of mention that a time couple or two? times. <laughs> <laughs> every single month, right? That's right. Every yeah. day. Every day. Well, yeah. But every every month she appeared. She said, "Pray the rosary yes. daily." And yeah. she they chast she chastised the kids because they were saying, "Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary." Right? Is that true? Yeah, I don't, I don't remember yeah, that. The they, kids they were saying it. I don't remember if she chastised them for it or not, but yeah. Yeah, the kids were doing the, ex- very, going through very, it really quickly. Very, yeah. witty, very witty about it. Yeah, right, right. Uh, all right, so happy feast of Our Lady of Fatima coming up in five days. Uh, don't forget to pray. Uh, the rosary, and uh, like I said, we're going to talk with a married couple about a, a virtual date night for married couples called Be Light Marriage Renewal Date Night Series, and they've, they, uh, you know, uh, it's it's pretty cool, and this is something they already have 1,500 couples that have signed up across America, nine different countries involved, and uh, their names are Ryan and Mary Rose Verrett, and they're going to join us from Louisiana uh, to talk about this in just a little bit, and then we got some other stories we're going to talk about before that as well, and this is going to lead us in a couple news items, and uh, our last our last guy, how well do you know the saints? You know, our, of course Mary is a saint, but uh, who's your favorite saint? Do you know some of the lesser known saints? Maybe the saints. That are on their way to, to canonization. Uh, you know, uh, Fulton Sheen is one of them that comes to mind. I, I've recently done some uh, study on uh, uh, Father Patrick Payton, the, the Rosary priest, and he actually his his cause of canonization is underway as well. Uh, so we're going to talk at the end of the program about a book by a lady named Dawn Marie Butner called Saints Becoming an Image of of Christ Every Day of the Year. Okay, and uh, last couple of things before we go to Sissel for a couple of news stories, and then we've got some things to talk about related to the lockdown. Uh, Monsignor Charles Pope wrote a great article about anxiety and fear, and just uh, he, he thinks it's actually satanic. Uh, I mean, the, the the fear that is gripping the world and the country right now, and so I'll, t- I'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, final last things, don't forget to visit our website, grnonline.com. It's brand new. It's really awesome. Joe McLean put it all together, and it's it's really nice. You just gotta, just just go see it. It's nice, and uh, you might have heard that we we're gonna do an online auction. And originally it was gonna start today. Uh, it's been postponed uh, for reasons that we just we just want it to be uh, prepared and ready and uh, lots of items. And so hang tight. It's gonna be postponed a while. Uh, officially right now, July twentieth is the date that we're gonna have that online auction. So if you're you know ready to buy some auction items and support Guadalupe Radio. Just hang on, because it's coming, but uh, not today. All right? So, okay. Having said that, Cecil Anderson, what's going on in the news? Any any stories uh, strike yeah, your fancy? Yeah, definitely. So yesterday was the National Day of Prayer. It's traditionally on the first Thursday of the month. And obviously, this is the first time we had more of a virtual National Day of Prayer yeah. um, that took place in the Rose Garden in Washington, D.C. Um, and... Uh, it had uh, quite a few leaders. It started out in 1952, a little history on the uh, <laughs> National Day of Prayer by uh, President Harry Truman was the one who came up with it. Before the hand, back all the way going back to the you know beginning of the United States, there was some form of pra- uh, regular prayer or fasting that took place. But this is a time in the modern America that it was set down as a date that we put aside for prayer. And now it's observed by um, many different religions. So there were bishops there, uh, religious sisters, um, there were rabbis. So um, and uh, President Trump was obviously there as well. And he said that it's especially interesting now that a lot more Americans are turning to prayer due to the Mm -hmm. uh, coronavirus. So he says it's um, 
In recent days and weeks, our country has endured a grave hardship. We pray for every family stricken with grief and devastated by a tragic loss. And it's just, it, he's right. It's interesting, you know, how many, you do wonder how many more people in this time when they're either stuck at home are spending this time mm-hmm. praying or, yeah. or thinking about their, you know, faith life. And yeah. Stuff, so, yeah. So, um, my other story that you kind of hinted at, Dave, that I had was, um, Dr. Muller, I don't know if you saw the article that Harvard put out about, um, Home, the dangers of homeschooling. I did not. You did not? Yeah. yeah, it's called, it's titled, it was put out by the Harvard Magazine called The Risk of Homeschooling. Oh, yes, homeschooling. yes, yes, yes. Yes. yes, yes. Totalitarian. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it was an interesting article, I'm not going to lie. I, not many articles get me fired up like that, but I was a little and, bit. And you were homeschooled. I was we homeschooled. Say that. I yes. should, yeah, not just for any reason, but um, yeah. yeah. So it was an article that was published in the Harvard Magazine uh, based on research that Elizabeth, um, Barthlett had done and uh, she definitely has some interesting views um she thinks uh, she was made some statements saying that about 90 percent of homeschoolers did it for religious reasons and she uh was thinking that that was dangerous because has ex- they have extreme religious ideologies and that promote female uh, subservience and white supremacy <laughs> and i was like oh okay. okay um and also she did um say that she thinks that the Issue is that we think that parents should have 24-7 essentially authoritarian control over their children from ages 0 to 18. She mm-hmm. thinks that's dangerous. Yeah. So, um, th- that came she out a few weeks. She thinks nature is dangerous. I know, that's yeah. what I, I, I know. I'm like, this is very normal. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, and then after that, there's been many articles, of course. There was also a joke. The article had a graphic in it that had the word mathemat- uh, uh, mathematics that was misspelled, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of, uh, funny. And then, there was response. There was a girl from uh, who graduated from Harvard with honors who was a homeschooler. And so she came out and, you know, she didn't obviously agree with this. And then recently, um, the Catholic News Agency posted an article um, try, uh, coming back because she that 90 percent of people who homeschool yeah. um, are doing it for religious reasons. Uh, they're saying it's not correct that yeah. um, that really it's only about 19 percent of uh after doing some research, this is a research done by uh, uh, no, uh, the University of Notre Dame. Yeah, and we we know some homeschool homeschool families that are very secular that really don't, oh, yeah. don't even go to, to to any church. So I, I don't know those, I, those those scholars at Notre Dame are doing some really interesting work, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's it's good stuff. They've had a number of articles on education mm-hmm. that have been great. It's it's going to be interesting. I think one of the big things as the world becomes more polarized and even more so because of this pandemic and uh you know the, the there's a lot of people that have disagreements. I I've literally lost friends over this. I mean there's just there's so much argument going on and right. the issue of censorship is mm-hmm. coming up because here's a story that you know might possibly have some wrong information in it. Yeah. But because it's of a certain bend, it's probably safe on the internet. Uh there's a story I don't know if you heard about this story that's there's a viral video going out called Plandemic that is, uh, it's, it's, there's like a battle going on because it's being, it's being seen about two million times and it's, it's claiming that the, the whole. Without uh, you know, YouTube. Uh, yeah. And YouTube is taking it down, but people yeah. are finding other ways to, to, to view it and it's being, it's driving Facebook and YouTube and everybody crazy because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's saying that Dr. Fauci, Anthony Fauci was involved in the conspiracy and all that. And, but anyways, it's, it's, it's going to continue to be, um, an interesting thing because more and more things are being censored and more and more people are getting upset about it uh, because most of the, the media companies have, have a mm-hmm. uh, more left-leaning bend. And so what they're taking down and what they're not taking down is interesting. So any other thoughts about the Harvard article or anything like that? Well, you know, very few European countries allow homeschooling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's, it's a dictate of nature that the parents are the primary educators. Yeah. This is not, yeah. it's not a religious thing. Right. right. So what we're dealing with is a modern notion of government that is a usurping notion of government. Hmm. Disrespects nature from below and God from above. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's a like, uh, I was trying to find the article, but there was a principal who sent out a letter to all the parents at her school when, you know, everybody started going home and the, the parents were, were you know, teaching at home. And the, 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 the basis of the letter was something about, now listen, you know, you can take your kids for walks, take them to the park, you know, cuddle them, but you're not their teachers. We have got that handle. Well, yeah, she, she basically was telling the parents, you're not their teachers. Where are their teachers? Don't, don't try to put that hat yeah, on. So that's, we, we got this covered. So mm-hmm. the church's teaching on this is that we parents 
uh, ask the assistance of competent professionals yeah. to educate our children. So yeah. they're actually in our employment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my daughters go at Regina Chaley Academy. They don't even call the teachers teachers. They call them tutors mm. because they make that distinction. They say, no, the parents are the teachers. We're just the tutors. And so they, they honor well, exactly what you're I talking like that about, program. Dr. Malloy. All right. Uh, well, that's that. And I neglected to give the phone number out. We love when you, dear listeners, uh, call in and comment. We love to hear what you, what's on your mind. Uh, the phone number is 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Again, our uh, first guest is going to be on in about five or ten minutes. But uh, Dr. Malloy and I found a couple of interesting articles, somewhat related uh, to the lockdown and uh, some of the Things that are going on in this very interesting climate of COVID-19. And you found one about uh, the, some 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 high-level ecclesial uh, figures ha- have spoken out listeners, about the lockdown, Listeners right? will know about uh, Archbishop Vigano. Who? Who's that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the big V. And, uh, but two other cardinals yeah. joined him in a statement, and a number of scholars, journalists, doctors, and, and some theologians as well. Cardinals Ludwig Müller... And uh, Joseph Zen from China, and also Janice uh, Pujats, right? The three three uh, cardinals here, and Archbishop Vigano. Mm-hmm. What are they uh, saying here? Well, essentially, I want to get to the heart of it. The heart okay. of it is a letter claiming the church has the um, has a sacred liberty, a sacred liberty. We te- we talk about religious freedom, Dave. Yeah. I mean, in our country, we're talking about religious freedom. Yeah. And Cardinal Dolan's under fire for talking too much about it, right? But there's something even deeper than religious freedom. Religious freedom is a is a civil right. Yeah. That we're talking about here mm-hmm. in this country. The church claims sacred freedom. What does that mean? That no author, no human authority at all can tell her what to do. Mm. That means may we have mass. No human authority can tell us whether or not we can have mass. Yeah. Do you? Do, this is a startling claim, but we yeah. have it. By the way, someone's going to say, oh, this is some ancient... No, no, no. Dignitatis Humanae, Article 13. Mm. Vatican yeah. II. Yeah. It's a sacred right. So why is that? Because Christ established the church, and no secular authority can control the church. Mm-hmm. Huge. Now, we've all we talk about in this country is civil rights. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and we need to get deeper. Yeah, that's a good point. So really, church officials shouldn't be taking their lead from civil authorities. They can take it into account. Well, they can take it. Yeah, take it into account. And the 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 governor or the president or the the mayor or the county judge says this. But ultimately, what you're saying is uh, the reason why we're not gathering together is because our bishops have asked us not to gather together. Yeah. And we respect that. But the um, the bishops do not have to be um, under the uh, they're not under the authority. Yeah. When they issue things in terms of the inner workings of the church, not under the authority of the secular government. Yeah. Now, how is that going to work out? What's secular government going to do if we go against it? Yeah. Put us in jail. Yeah. But we're just, I'm just saying that the, mm-hmm. that, that sacred right exists. Yeah. Now, there, there hasn't been that much tension, has there, be between state and uh, church and state? I mean, have there been cases with that, this that, thing with yeah, the pandemic? Where, where, yeah, where let's say a, a governor says there's a lockdown, you can only have ten people in the church, or 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 what have you, and the and the, and the bishop says, sorry. How about Illinois? Yeah. So did you read the Illinois thing? Uh, the governor basically just said, uh, we're not going to until we get to phase five. If there's no vaccine, yeah, churches are not going past fifty. Yeah. He specifically said but they, they said that could be a year and a half. I mean, they, yeah. they, we don't yeah, know when could the vaccine's be coming. Plus, I, I've I've heard that um, it may be a difficulty to get an RNA vaccine. That there, you know, how do you get an RNA vaccine? Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I, I I do tend to think maybe the church ought to flex its muscle a little bit more, its God-given muscle. But you're right. Obe- Colonel Dolan, obe- obedience is is the key. But at the same time, we can uh, well our we obedience, our, bishops to, our legitimate obedience to the secular, our legitimate obedience to the yeah. to the uh, sacred authorities. But yeah. there's two distinct authorities, right? Right, right. All right. What do y'all think? Call in. Tell us eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. 
I know that uh, we should be eagerly, eagerly excited to receive the Eucharist again. I know I was able to go to, to Mass last weekend uh, here in Texas. Uh, it's, it's a little looser than in, in many other states. And so I know some people are listening probably haven't had the Eucharist in two months. Uh, but uh, the, the diocese that I'm in has uh, been opening it up. And, and Dallas and, has got confessions going again. Yeah, yeah. With the social distance. Yeah, I, I actually wanna, physical distance. Uh, I I want to um, also, uh, and I think Diane's going to link this on our our uh, Facebook page as well. Monsignor Charles Pope, I just love this guy. He He's has awesome. he has written an article, and I actually did an interview with him yesterday. I tried to get him on the show to the, this morning, but it didn't work out. Uh, for National Catholic Register, it's called Coronavirus. Where is thy sting? Why this gripping fear is useless. And he goes so far as to say that he thinks there, there's a demonic element uh, in, in all this. Of and, and he was talking about this on Morning Glory this morning. Is that this, you know, it's it's beyond just being afraid of getting sick or afraid, but it's it's actually pulling people apart, and nobody wants to be around each other, and you look at look at each other suspiciously, and everybody's all covered up and. Uh, and just to read a, a couple of things, he says, yeah, as many people said, the cure should not be worse than the disease. And he said, first, we must face our fears and accept that illness, suffering, and death are part of life in this world we call paradise lost. He says, uh, second, we have to accept the hard truth that people die. They die of many things, COVID-19 among them. The vast majority of people who get the coronavirus will survive. Some will be only mildly symptomatic. Some will be severely ill, and yes, some will die. Uh, people will also keep dying every day of heart disease, cancer, and strokes. And then uh, he's uh, one more quote from this, and then you can comment as you'd like. Uh, he says, it's alarming to me as a priest and believer how little we as a church have to say about death. And I think he thinks that ultimately this is people are just uh, afraid to die, and they're just freaking out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're all going to die anyways. I think we get, it's just, we've made life so pleasant on this earth with our coffee bars, at least in the modern Western world, yeah. right? Our coffee bars and skating around. And then, man, we got the sacraments and we'll go to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of lost any sense of the drama. We're yeah. not for this world. Yeah. And also a, a I think it's a, a crisis in the theological virtue of hope where we've lost that hope Absolutely. that, you know, we're just kind of moving through this world and, or that death is not, you know, something, there was one saint, I don't know if it was Catherine of Siena or somebody, there's like a riot going on, and some of them desired death. I mean, it, 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 even St. Paul said he, yeah. he, he wished to die, but, yeah. but that, you to know. To be with Christ. To be with Christ, and uh, I, I think the great saints would rather be in heaven. And, and not to say we, you know, jump off buildings or try to get yeah. the virus, but I think there's just this strange, we love like, the irrational world. fear. You know what I think it is? It's sloth. Yeah. Okay. You know what sloth is? We think, of sloth, sins, yeah. we think of it as laziness. Yeah. It's not laziness. It's sadness about a higher calling, a mm. higher good. Heaven is higher than this. And so we're kind of sad. We're like, ah, I kind of like sitting at the beach drinking a pina colada. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. But there's something higher. And we kind of have to leave behind this ur yeah. of the Chaldeans that we're living in and go to something better. Yeah. Yeah. We have to start doing that now through like, you know, fasting and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly don't have any, I, I don't, I, maybe I'm too far on one side, but I, I don't have any fear of this, this, this thing. I mean, maybe it's because I'm relatively young. I, I've got a good immune system. I, I, I think if I had a more compromised immune system, maybe a bit di- different story, but. Well, like if you're a single parent and maybe your lungs aren't so good and you know, your kids are 12. Yeah. And, and younger, yeah. you're like, what's going to happen with? Yeah. yeah. So I can see people in different situations. Yeah. And if I get this, I mean, it, it, the, the thought occurred to me. I'm like, if I get this, what happens to my kids? Right. You know, my wife and right. I both. And that's so. just being, re, you know, uh, but re- I think responsible. He's, right. Yeah. But I think he's right. It's it's when you stop living, raising your head on high towards God. There's something diabolical about that. Yeah. And so we shouldn't get overly panicked. Yeah. All right, good thought. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, Ryan and Mary Rose Verrett are going to join us. Again, Mother's Day is coming up, uh, Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. We're going to focus on the family. Great way to improve families is to make sure mom and dad are getting to, uh, along with each other and loving each other. And uh, this is, you know, a challenge and a great benefit of every family and every marriage. And they have started a Witness to Love's Be Light virtual date night series. Already 1,500 couples are involved. It just got started. And so they're going to join us right after this. So quick break here on Jiran Live. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Faustino Rodriguez. And by the grace of God, I serve as the general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network here in West Texas and New Mexico. 
On behalf of our JRM family, I want to say thank you for being an involved radio listener through your prayers, pledges, and promotions. May God bless you and your loved ones abundantly during this Easter season, which ends in the great feast of Pentecost. Know that we are praying for you during this passing pandemic. Lord Jesus Christ, who has conquered death, we trust in your divine mercy. Amen. Solidarity HealthShare is rebuilding Catholic healthcare in America. We conform to the moral guidelines of the Catholic Church so you never have to worry about your healthcare dollars paying for anything that violates your conscience. From conception to natural death, we strive to serve all healthcare needs, protect human lives, celebrate families, and promote the dignity of all people. Join Solidarity HealthShare in restoring and rebuilding authentic Catholic healthcare by signing up at SolidarityHealthShare.org, a sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Len Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Besides Mother Angelica, who else has been the most influential in the formation of the GRN? The answer is easy, Pope St. John Paul II. When he came to America in 1998, he said that sharing about the new evangelization would, quote, depend in a decisive way on the lay faithful, being fully aware of their baptismal vocation and their responsibility for bringing the good news of Jesus Christ to their culture and society, unquote. His words caught our attention causing us to ask ourselves, how could we further keep our four promises to the Blessed Mother? He inspired us to go deeper with our evangelization efforts. Within two years of hearing his words, we put our first Catholic radio station on the air. Today, we continue to be inspired by his words as we grow the network which now reaches over 20 million souls every day. This has been your GRN Family Minute. We are your Catholic radio, radio for your soul. All right, we're back. This is GRN Live Friday edition, 26 minutes after the hour, and we are delighted that you are with us. And again, uh, uh, with all that's going on this weekend, celebrating Mothers and Our Lady of Fatima's Feast Day coming up in a few days, we thought it'd be a, a good time to talk about family and marriage, and uh, delighted that we're joined by Ryan and Mary Rose Verrett. Uh, they are creators of a virtual date night series called Witness to Love, and it's inspiring small group marriage renewal. And they've had uh, tremendous uh, success already in a very short time, and uh, this is pretty cool. You can find them online at witness2love.org, and they join us here on Jaren Alive. Uh, good morning, Ryan and Mary Rose. How are you? Good. Good morning. All good right. morning. All right, and crystal clear connection there, all the way from Louisiana. All right. Uh, well, tell us, um, 1,500 couples already participating. You've got people in nine different countries. And tell us kind of what the genesis or origin of what the, how this all came about, especially in this uh, COVID era where, you know, people aren't getting together as much as they used to, Yeah, you know, at least in person. Sure. Well, the uh, the idea really initially came from we wanted to do something uh, virtual to support uh, Witness to Love in newly married couples and their mentors. And uh, Witness to Love's focus is on really building community, breaking down isolation, and uh, integrating couples into the life of the church. And so we were thinking, let's let Witness to Love parishes do virtual date nights, and we'll provide um, a video for reflection and some discussion questions, and we'll, you know, assist the parishes with, you know, social media and, and how to do this. Well, um, then we thought, you know, with the pandemic, there's so many couples who are isolated. We started hearing, you know, just stories of divorce and, and difficulty and the statistics coming out of China as the quarantine was lifted, and it was just really grim, um, sort of the divorce challenges. And we said, you know what, I think we should just open this up to any couple, anywhere, any parish, uh, and just, you know, just let, just let it open, let it be free. And um, we thought maybe two, three hundred couples would do it, and um, almost instantly we had close to sixteen hundred couples signed up, and we just we were shocked. <laughs> and uh, um, it, it, it's been beautiful to watch, but it was it was so unexpected, um, just the the reception uh, to this. Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned China, and I see the statistic on the information that I received, and I think most most couples, and you know, Dr. Malloy is here with me. We're both uh, happily married men with uh, multiple children, him a little more kids than I, but. Uh, you know, there's benefits to the lockdown, the benefits of everybody being together, but, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, people can get uh, on each other's nerves. And it says here the divorce rate in China skyrocketed by 25% a month after the quarantine ended. Now, of course, I don't trust a lot of statistics out of China and all that, but that, that if that's true, that, that's pretty <laughs> remarkable. And so maybe you can talk about that. What is 
possibly the because of course in many cases the lockdown hasn't ended yet for most of us uh, entirely. But uh, what, what do you think the cause of that is, Ryan? Yeah, I think this time is definitely a relationship sort of accelerator for for a lot of people. I mean, you know, I think for Catholics too who are, are listening, um, when when anyone really most people struggle in their marriage, it's not necessarily because they they haven't finished reading theology of the body, even though that's obviously important <laughs> and it's part of what we do. But you know, most most people who um, you know who are struggling in their marriage, it's, it's very human things. Um, uh, it's, sometimes maybe it's easier for us to overlook that because I think us in sort of Catholic world, you know, we maybe put a lot of hard work into developing some good habitus and some good virtues. But a lot of just, you know, just normal good people uh, haven't had a lot of time and the leisure to maybe uh, to dive deep into some of these these areas. So obviously confronted with uh, the, our own vices and our own uh, inadequacies and the need to, uh, to be redeemed and kind of re- restored into the, 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 all that the sacrament of matrimony, you know, provides for us is, is, is happening. And I think that's why this, the response has been overwhelming. I mean, there were now over, definitely well over 1500 couples, uh, from so many different places. I think it, it, it gives you some time to sort of look, look around and think, I need to, I could be doing a better job here. I have to think I'm in, how many families now have had the opportunity to eat many meals throughout the day? I mean, that probably hasn't been done, you know, since the, in, our, in our countries for, for probably decades. Yeah, we're like... People have had so much time to kind of eat together, make eye contact. But all that human stuff is so, such an essential foundational part to what grace needs to do. You know, grace only builds upon nature. We, we're not an, angelic beings. But nature has to be kind of in line with natural law and in order and kind of the way Thomas Aquinas and when they stand all in Aristotle kind of envision human development. So having this time to do that is, is a blessing. This is definitely the, the silver lining in the cloud. Ryan, what, what are some of the human uh, things that both get in the way of a good marriage? Like, you know, bad, are there some ha- habits and things that you could identify for our, our listeners and then conversely, oh, like you've, sure, yeah. you've already indicated the, the family dinner as being a good thing. Could you indicate some of the things to avoid and some of the things to foster on the human level? Yeah, look, I mean, being home right now with uh, for ourselves, I mean, witness a lot of it comes out of our own kind of marriage and our own healing and the own insights we've kind of received and uh, the uh, the uh, support that we receive in our marriage. But having, you know, being home right now with uh, five children, you know, under 10 years old and uh, still a lot of you know, uh, the, now with uh, schooling from home and, and all the meals and snacks and a refrigerator door that never closes. Uh, I think it's going mean, to fall off. You know, it, you know the, it, it, the, 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 the response is not theological. It, the response is very human, you know, requiring patience, love, kindness, you know, all those things St. Paul talks about, obviously, in First Corinthians. You know, and that, that but those pitfalls is, would be, I, I think, as I learned years ago from Father Benedict Rochelle, he, you know, he, reflecting on Augustine, Augustine said, you know, the biggest, you know, mistake in life is to let an opportunity to serve Christ kind of pass us by. You know, the, the domestic church, you know, definitely seen as a missionary outpost of our local parish. We like to kind of explain it that way. But the local parish is closed, locked, even on Sundays, uh, mandated to be closed. I mean, the, the church, uh, needs to exist and must exist and we see it existing and kind of flourishing now in many places and many neighborhoods in a way that it that it wasn't but to do that requires you know a very i mean it requires sort of unity and patience and kindness but i think also the opportunity to pray together and i think one of the things I, I really feel like we've enjoyed the most is um around 7 p.m every day after dinner and the chores and things are picked up to really taking the time to pray uh, you know, a rosary together. Uh, we've done that. Sometimes it's been sped up probably too quickly because we need to get people to bed. Or but, slowed down by our three-year-old. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I just think, I, I think we've learned a lot to kind of have some extra time to, to not have to be on a high speed train to get everything done and checked off the list. Let me just remind everybody, we're talking to Ryan and Mary Rose Verrett, and they have started a Witness to Love Be Light virtual date night series, and it's located online at Witness to Love dot org forward slash be light media kit if you want more information about it i must say ryan you get extra bonus points because you refer to aquinas aristotle and, aristotle. and augustine and the, and the guy i mean i, I don't know how we, Home I, run. I don't know how we can beat that but uh mary rose there's a lot of references obviously to light be light uh, tell us how that all connects to the to the series and your overall you know the view of this program Absolutely. Well, the, the, it's a five part series and, um, ultimately the goal of Witness to Love is that every marriage is understood as a, a light in the community, right? Jesus said, you know, don't hide your, your light under the bushel. And, um, so the, the themes are, there's five nights and it's, the first night is belonging. The second night is, um, uh, believing, then becoming, then be attitude and then be light. So, you know, it's a sequence that we've seen over and over again. Um, that really uh, pr- promotes renewal and evangelization. And so we said, well, the goal is to be like. So um, let's put together a series that helps people understand, you know, how to be light in their own homes, in their marriage, in their family, in their community, and in the church as a whole, and let this kind of sort of hunkering down with so many physical churches closed, uh, let's kind of renew the domestic church. And... Um, and set, sort of send them out and be light. And so, so that was the goal. That's how the series got its name. And, um, you know, we're just, I think as a church, uh, we're called to be light in this, in these times. And, you know, just, I mean, if you, not this show per se, but any radio station that you turn on or TV or anything, there's so much like fear and worry and negativity and, you know, jobs mm-hmm. and the coronavirus. I mean, it's just, it's so depressing, but, you know, you can get sucked into that negative cycle or you can focus on sort of the gifts that this time can be and um, take it as a time of really uh, like a, a retreat, right, the, the 40 days in the desert and, and come out the other side um, uh, renewed and, and to be light. So so that's, that's really what the uh, the focus is. And, I, and now I think with these, you know, almost 1,600 couples who've gone through it, you know, we want to encourage them to – other couples, you know, to, to multiply the loaves and fishes, right, to to be a light to others. And so, you know, any couple can go through the Be Light series, you know, individually or with other couples um, or as a parish. Um, obviously, it's going to be more impactful if you do it with other couples, even with one other couple, because then you have that, that perspective, right, of, wow, you know, they this other couple that we admire, they struggle with this too. Or, oh, look how they handled that situation. Or look at, you know, look at their sort of their kindness or their vulnerability or their healing or their growth. So, you know, you can really um, have a new perspective on what's possible in your marriage uh, when you grow with another couple. Can you tell us how an evening works? Like it's, you say it's a date night. How does it work? Like uh, does it, you know, do people drink a glass of wine, they're listening to the video, do they interact? <laughs> the Verrett's provide the wine, by the way. Sweet, they, through the yeah, computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, a virtual glass. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, so, so the way it's set up is that obviously any couple can go through it. So you can go to witness2love.org um, forward slash be light. You, uh, you register, it's free. Um, registration reopens on May 10th. So right now you can put your name on the, the list to be notified. But we, we had so many couples go through it, and we just wanted to make it easier for parishes to be the host. So we changed the registration a little bit. But um, So it's going to relaunch on Sunday, and um, you register. It gets you into our app. There's five nights worth of content. Each uh, night is about 12 to 14 minutes worth of video content, and it's really, really um, just beautiful, honest. Um, it's, it's five marriage and family life directors from across the country, diocesan directors and their spouse, uh, just giving their witness and their encouragement on those five themes that I mentioned. And so um, now that it's being re-released, you could go through it in one day, five days, five weeks, you know, every other night, whatever works for for you and your spouse or the other couples that you're going uh, through it with. But we really encourage couples to do five nights in a row. So it's sort of like an intensive parish mission type uh, feel. Um, and then there's three discussion questions for each couple to discuss when they're done watching it. And then uh, one question for them to discuss with their small group. And so 
you know, we encourage the host churches or the host couples that are, are doing the, the virtual date night to maybe, let's say they launch it on a Sunday. They have a, a Zoom or, you know, Google Hangout, uh, Facebook Live, whatever they want to do. They do that all together, uh, and then that on Monday night, everybody at 8.30 watches the video, does their discussion questions, and at 9 p.m. jumps back into the virtual group with their um, their parish or, or couple friends and goes through it like that each night together. And, you know, we encourage couples to, you know, have a glass of wine, make it fun, put the kids to bed, um, and just really be intentional about it because it's easy to, to kind of slip into, um, you know, a, a rut during this time of just every day is like Groundhog Day, you know, yeah, <laughs> to do yeah. the same thing every day. <laughs> um, this is to change that up, right? And so it be a great Mother's Day gift for a, a husband to say, hey, I signed us up for a virtual date night series, you know, and we're going to go through it with our couple friends. So, um, yeah, hey, you took the words yeah, right out of my a mouth. Good mother's gift. I was just going to say that. I was <laughs> like, you know, because uh, you, you give it more to your wife than your mother, I guess. But, uh, yeah, you can say, hey, hey, honey, I signed us up for, you know, and I also said, you know, contacted three of our friends and they're all involved as well. <laughs> and so, hey, we're out of right. time. Any, but any mother would love that. That's right. Uh, hey, thanks so much. Uh, great yeah, information much. and appreciate what y'all are doing. Uh, Ryan, Mary Rose, Verrett. It's the Witness to Love Be Light Virtual Date Night Series, and the the sign-ups begin this Sunday, Mother's Day. And so this sounds really exciting. WitnessToLove.org is the website. WitnessToLove.org. I actually have uh, the website up here in our studio, and so it's really well done. It's really nice. Hey, thanks, y'all. Great chatting with you. Appreciate you being on the program this morning with us. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. All right. I know you got to scramble. Any uh, last... um, Comments or thoughts before you leave, or we're going to take a break and move on to the saints. You got to keep coming back to those Fatima messages. Yeah, yeah, amen. Prayer, penance, right? Hope, um, yeah, reparation for uh, uh, sinners, sobriety. And, uh, yeah, and uh, all right. Well, hey, good seeing you. We're Great ta- to see ta- you. Take a break now, and uh, again, Dr. Malloy from University of Dallas, and this is GRN Alive eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. When we come back, I'm excited about this. I love the Saints. I just absolutely love them. And uh, there is a lady by the name of Dawn Marie Butner who has written a book called Saints Becoming an Image of Christ Every Day of the Year. Three hundred sixty five Saints. The cool thing is. Not just, you know, these, you know, St. Francis of Assisi, and I love Aquinas, but everybody knows about Aquinas. Everybody knows about, you know, some of these saints, uh, the ones that, like, all the churches are named after. But she gets into more obscure and recent saints and uh, maybe ones you haven't uh, heard of. And so, really, going to be a cool conversation. So you may want to check out her book if you're interested in learning more about a whole lot of saints. So she'll join us right after this. Have you seen it yet? Hi, Joe McLean here. I'm talking about the brand new GRN online. Online.com website. It is really cool, and I can't wait for you to see this. Just visit grnonline.com. Make sure you say yes to knowing your location. I'll tell you why. Because when you do, it will automatically deliver to you your local station, your local events, your local contact information, and more. Again, grnonline.com. Hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. This is Richard Reyna from the South and Central Texas area. And from my family to yours, I want to take this opportunity to simply wish you and all your loved ones a joyous, blessed, and most happiest of Easter's. I also want to thank you for being a loyal listener and supporter of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Happy Easter season. And remember, we love you. God love you. All right, welcome back. This is GRN Alive Friday morning edition, 43 minutes after the hour. And so we have a very, very small amount of time here on the radio to talk to our guest, Dawn Marie Butner. Her book is called Saints Becoming an Image of Christ Every Day of the Year. And if you want to call in and talk about your favorite saint, how about a saint that you wish, well, uh, uh, a future saint. I won't give you any of my thoughts, but uh, you know, one somebody you'd like to see uh, canonized. Uh, we'll maybe get into that conversation at some point as well with Dawn Marie Butner. Her book is called Saints Becoming an Image of Christ Every Day of the Year. Uh, good morning, Dawn. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fine. All right, so, you know, as you started to write this, you're probably thinking lots of books about saints out there, and, uh, you know, thanks be to God, there are a lot of them, and so... Uh, how was this one different, or what, what was the kind of the inspiration to uh, sit down and put this uh, this book together? Well, the short answer is 
um, what's unique about the book is that it helps you to pray with the saints every day uh, following the saints that are commemorated by the church. That's a unique thing about it. The longer answer is um, I'm uh, an adult convert to the faith. Uh, I, was, I was baptized but not really raised in any church. And when I went through a conversion and found out about our Lord and uh, his love for me, I became a Christian and then I entered the church. That's a longer story. But um, in the end, what, there, were, there were a number of things about the Catholic faith that I didn't know anything about, and one of them was the saints. So I found a one-a-day book um, by uh, Butler's Lives of the Saints with one saint a day, and I loved it. I read it. I, I prayed with it every morning until literally the spine broke and I had to buy another one. <laughs> and uh, I... And but then I realized I I, I I like I said I'm a newbie I didn't realize there's more than one saint for every day of the year. <laughs> so yeah. so I I, I realized I, I needed to collect these. So I, I, for a while I was just using a bunch of books trying to pray in the morning and that was really cumbersome. So I thought well I'll I'll write my own book and I'll use it to pray with. So I have used you know my book in various forms for like a like a decade now. And there was a point at which I realized you know this has been so helpful to me spiritually. I think other people would benefit from it too. Yeah. So that's the reason. Yeah, and yeah, I, I just in you know you being a convert, uh, you know, Cecil's a convert as well. She and uh, our our board op and producer here. I'm not. I'm a cradle Catholic. But you're know, thinking about the saints and uh, what a poverty it is, uh, and how unfortunate it is for some Christians to live their whole Christian life and not. Uh, take advantage of the access of the saints, not be able to pray. I mean, because they'll ask their, their brother or their mom or their sister or their coworker to pray for them, but they don't seem to make that spiritual leap of realizing, you know, there's a, a whole, uh, you know, a cloud of witnesses up in heaven and angels and saints who are just dying to, 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 to no pun intended, to pray for us. Yeah. And, yeah, oh, uh, exactly. Yeah. So that, that must have been one of the cool things about becoming Catholic for you. Oh, exactly. Well, and then I, as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, when, you know, when, as you say, when we have, uh, we have a, a specific uh, need in our lives. Like if I had a problem with one of my kids, I might talk to someone who had kids the same age. Well, the great thing about saints is, you know, they've lived their lives. They've, you know, they won the victory. They, they got through a lot of, you know, we think their lives are easy. Their lives were just as hard as our lives. You know, sometimes many of them much worse. And, you know, so they can reach out to us and, you know, maybe some of them have, you know, had difficulties with their kids. You think of St. Monica, that's why she's so popular. Um, That's why the saints are such a treasure to us. Yeah, you know, and, you know, two of my favorite saints, I, other than Our Lady, you know, my two favorite saints are Aquinas and Therese of Lisieux, and how different could those two be, you know, come from uh, different countries, different genders, obviously, uh, one scholastic, one was cloistered, one, you know, died very young, and, and, I, and I guess the, the point is, and I know you, you bring this out, because the selection of saints and the, and the, 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 the even the canonized saints um, are, are very different, aren't they? I mean, there's really no two alike. Uh, does that come out? Oh, exactly. I'm sure that comes out in the book, right? Yes. Oh, exactly. So on every, you know, so every day there's a, a, a the, the church has chosen, you know, a dozen or two dozen saints for us, and they run the gamut of, you know, early church martyrs and you know, you know, children and adults and uh, you know, married people, um, and you know, as well as you know, vowed religious priests and everything. And it's such a, and even you know, people who may not be in the same vocation as you, they have so much to offer us. So yes, they, yeah, it's it's every every kind every thing you can think of yeah so so did 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 you you only highlighted 365 because there's one uh per day was it hard to whittle it down because you know i I will say one of my frustrations is is like when there's in a diocese two parishes are named after the same saint like here we are i think there's two or three saint patrick's and of course saint francis of assisi it seems like every corner there's uh and i always think it's when i hear a a unique saint like there's a a parish in our diocese called saint john napumacene and i'm like well there's one that you don't hear about all that often so uh was it hard to whittle it down or or maybe you can talk about some of the more obscure saints that our listeners haven't heard of that you highlight in the book oh uh, so so ultimately what what i really wanted to do was make sure all of the well-known saints were in the book yeah um like so for example the thing that that actually went like the big impetus for me to write the you know for me to start doing this on my own was that saint james the greater who's an apostle is has the same feast day as saint christopher well like why give up St. Christopher? <laughs> yeah. Why not celebrate them both? So I made sure that all the well-known saints are there, and then um, 
uh, and then I pulled out saints that I thought, well, that, that particularly inspired me because, you know, uh, there may be, you know, quite a few, you know, mothers in there because, you know, I, I can resonate to that or their situation, something about them. Um, uh, there are some saints that, you know, God bless them, we only know very little about. So uh, part of my goal was to make sure that their stories were inspirational. It's not just, you know... You know, he he was a Franciscan. Everybody thought he was a saint, and he died in the thirties, you know, the thirteenth century, whatever. Yeah. Um, because that doesn't, you know, that's lovely, and God bless him, and he's a saint in heaven. But it it doesn't help me, you know, understand him better, so that you know we can like have a conversation. Um, but in terms of like, so for example, for to, but but you said a lesser known saint. So today, the books of the saints that I have in my book are Saint Acacius, Saint Arsenius. And then two popes you may never have heard of, St. Boniface the Fourth and St. Benedict the Second. Mm. Those are both, you know, good holy popes. They're not early church martyrs even, but they were good holy popes going in and going back to France. So, and Arsenius was a, a saint you probably never heard of before. Um, but he was a very wealthy man. He lived in the fifth century and he decided my, my wealth is between, getting between me and God. And so he abandoned it all. He went to live in the desert. And there's a famous story, you know, some, some of these stories are just so beautiful, which is, you know, he had a very wealthy relative. He'd been a, uh, who died and left him a bunch of money in his will. So they came to Arsenius in the desert and hand, you know, said, here, here's all this money that you've been given. And he took the will, he tore it into, and he said, I died before he did. <laughs> I died to the world before he did. So what you think, and then, and then at the end of his life, one of the things that really troubled him was, you know, I had so much wealth, did I use it properly? Um, you know, that he felt like, you know, he was afraid to be judged by our Lord. But in the end, he had peace about that. So, you know, that's a, another, you know, another example of how a saint you probably never heard of uh, can really affect us. And then the final saint, I was thinking of that, you were talking earlier about COVID-19. Um, when COVID-19 started, um, I thought immediately of the 14 holy helpers, and yeah. uh, St. Acacius is one of the 14 holy helpers. I don't know if your listeners know who those those are, but they were 14 saints um, who were particularly called upon during the bubonic plague in the 14th century uh, for help from the epidemic. Um, so it, you know... Yeah, so you know, so it's, he's a timely saint. He's a, he's a great saint to call on today, for example. Yeah, uh, my guest is Don Marie Budner. Uh, saints becoming an image of Christ every day of the year is the name of the book, and uh, we can give you details about how to get it. Of course, uh, I know some of the Catholic bookstores where I am have now the ability where you can call in, order it, and you can drive up, and they'll they'll bring it out. I don't know if you can go in, but I always you know recommend first go to the Catholic bookstores if you can. Otherwise, you can uh, find some online portals to get it, but uh, we'll find out uh, exactly how uh, you can get your hands on this. It'd be a nice Mother's Day gift. Nowadays, you can get things delivered so quickly. You could probably order it today and get it by Mother's Day uh, as well. And, you know, the uh, some some of the saints get a lot of attention, you know, like Mother Teresa and uh, St. John Paul II when they are canonized, and a lot of attention on Fulton Sheen, uh, you know, his cause and all that. Uh, what about some of the more recent ones? Uh, sometimes it's harder to relate to somebody who lived, you know, 1,800 years ago, as opposed to somebody who was canonized six months ago, or somebody who was young. Anybody show up in the book that's been, let's say, canonized in the last five years or so? Oh, well, well, I don't know if it's last five years, but I immediately thought of St. Louis and Zeely Martin, the parents oh, of St. Yeah, Therese. Yeah. They're, um, uh, I just think they're such an inspirational couple, and you know, um, you know, you know in, they, ha- they had nine children, four of them died young, and Five of them are, you know, incredibly holy, and one's a doctor of the church. You know, so they, and the apple didn't fall far from the tree. They were both so holy. That's the ones I, I think of immediately. There, there are more recent things. They're in my book. Yeah, yeah, it's a great for sure. model for parents, and uh, you, you know, there's any, any walk of life. You talk about medical professionals, if, you know, firefighters, the patron saints, uh, that that kind of thing. Uh, if anybody wants to jump in, who's your favorite saint? Who would you like to see canonized? Uh, there's a lot of excitement in the air about Fulton Sheen and. Uh, a lot of others. I'd like to see Mother Angelica canonized in my life, if possible, if uh, the Holy Father's listening. Uh, 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. I, I'm sure if you're, you're a great devotee of the saints, uh, you, you have some knowledge of, of the process as well, Don. And I, I, just the last couple of days, have been doing some research. There's a movie coming out about Father Patrick Payton, the rosary priest from Ireland who came over here. And uh, I think in 2017, Pope Francis made him venerable and so what's what's kind of the process or how does this uh, the, the whole uh, i know it's complicated but can you kind of streamline how 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 does one become a saint 
So, so I should back up and say in the early church, if you died a martyr, they thought you were a saint. So, but, but thank, thank God there are not as many martyrs. So the church has created this process and the first step of the process, you be, um, is a group of people who believe, say, say your grandmother was a very holy woman and, you know, you, you thought she's a saint in heaven, you could take that cause to your bishop and the first step would be for him to declare that she's a servant of God, that she's, you know, lived a life of heroic virtue. And then, uh, if the bishop, you know, so assuming the bishop agrees, then he forwards it to the Vatican. The Vatican, in the next step, says, agrees. Yes, this person lived a life of heroic virtue and um, was a holy person, and they can declare them, at that point, venerable. So then the next two steps, as um, my parish priest have pointed out to me, is are in the hands of God. Um, if, if a miracle occurs, if there's a miracle that occurs um, through the intercession of that saint, um, then they can be declared uh, blessed. And then if, you know, and it has to be approved, you know, the Pope has to approve it, it has to be investigated. And then if there's a second miracle, then they can be declared a saint. But then the Pope can, as, as he has done recently, can say, well, you know what, we don't need the miracles. We already know. Like, did we really need a miracle from Mother Teresa? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He gave them to us, but that was just you know, icing on the cake. Right, right. How interesting. Okay, a couple minutes left. Uh, let's talk about uh, not yet saints. Uh, I mentioned Fulton Sheen, Mother Angelica, Father Patrick Payton. Anybody else? You know, blessed Pierre Giorgio Forsati. You know, it's uh, like, come yeah. on, let's, let's, let's canonize. And I know there's reasons, <laughs> and they, 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 they've got to take their time. I think it's probably more prudent uh, to, to take their time There's because it doesn't benefit them at all it only benefits us yeah. it's not like they're you know they, they get into heaven as soon as they're canonized uh anybody else yeah. on your short list of who you think uh we might see canonized or at least you wish would get canonized in the next uh, few years oh well the, the one that you mentioned bishop sheen is at the top on my personal list i've been asking you know him to you know give us a little you know because he's such an inspiration to us yeah. um uh that, that that was and and i and i agree with you mother angelica that would be that 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 is also seems overdue. Like, do we really need a miracle for that one? <laughs> <laughs> Just streamliner. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and then uh, yeah, uh, and there's probably others that uh, our listeners are, are thinking of uh, as well. And uh, yeah, the, the Fulton Sheen one is is kind of complicated, but I, I just yeah. pray that uh, in short order uh, that 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 one can uh, be she can be canonized. All right, we're down to about a minute. Again, the book Saints Becoming an Image of Christ Every Day of the Year by Dawn Marie Butner. Do you want to just uh, again give a little summary of how this one's different, how people can incorporate this into their prayer life? We've got about 45 seconds. Okay, so. Uh, what I do is I, 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 uh, there's a calendar. I read about the saints of the day. I also include a prayer petition at the end of it, which you are free to use or not use, but it helps personalize it. You know, what, what is it about that person's life that I can apply to my life today? All right. Very good. Well, thanks for doing it. I know it's a labor of love and I see it. It's, uh, it's available. How, how would you recommend people get it in this uh, day and age where a lot of the Catholic bookstores aren't even open? I always like to say support them first, but uh, is there a website or what, where should people go to find out more about the book? Well, in addition to supporting your local Catholic bookstores, which is a, a very laudable goal, I have a website. It's my name, D-A-W-N-B-E-U-T-N-E-R.com, DawnButner.com. And I think uh, Diane will link that on our Facebook page as well. All right, Dawn's going to stick with us for the after show, and we want you to stick with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, thanks to all of our guests. This has been GRN Live uh, Friday edition. Happy Mother's Day in advance to all the great mothers out there. And uh, stick around if you're on social media. Otherwise, have a great weekend. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And may your Friday be filled with the joy of the Lord. Blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, blessed be the name of Jesus, blessed be His most sacred heart, blessed be His most precious blood. 
Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. A-T-H, 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth.